The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's the Fightful MMA Holy Smokes podcast with Showdown Joe and Sean Ross Sapp. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here, managing editor of Fightful.com. This is a bit of a surprise stream, a surprise preview, per se, uh, for our Fightful subscribers. I This is a pretty big undertaking, what I'm about to try to do for this preview, and I wanted to bring you all something special, different, that we don't usually do for the Christmas season. Joe is headed to Japan on Tuesday, I think, so he won't be around to do the Holy Smokes in the May podcast and, of course, Christmas is Monday. Boxing Day in Canada is a big deal. Didn't want to hit up James Lynch and be like, hey, cut your Boxing Day short. Cut your Christmas short so you can make it here with me. Of course, Fightful.com, we have a post-show podcast for Monday Night Raw on Christmas. We have a lot of Christmas and Royal Rumble-themed content. And we have full coverage of next week's UFC 219 show. And it is a big one. And this preview... We'll feature my breakdowns, a little bit of preview, and you're going to hear from tons of UFC fighters about what they think of their upcoming fights and uh, pros picks. James Lynch has done such a great job for us at getting new content and getting fighters to uh, to open up to Fightful.com. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk a little bit about, about everything in relation to UFC 219. It's headlined by this big Holly Holm, Chris Cyborg fight. And in my opinion, this is among the highest level women's MMA fights of all time. Like, Chris Cyborg, there there's still so many question marks around her to me. Not from a technical standpoint. She's really good from a technical standpoint, but her, her competition hasn't been that great. Tanya Evinger is a good fighter. She beat her. She beat Marlouz Koonin. She beat Shayna Baszler when it meant something to beat Shayna Baszler. She beat... Uh, Gina Carano back in the day, but none of them are Holly Holm. Now, I think that Holly Holm's best opportunity, ironically, is on the feet, even though Chris Cyborg is this powerhouse. And Chris Cyborg has the benefit of some really good training that's going to adapt to everything. James Lynch spoke to Chris Cyborg at UFC 218. Take a listen. Was there ever a point you thought this fight might not happen? Uh, just with, you know, there's always politics and money involved and everything like that. Were you ever worried that you wouldn't fight Holly? You know, before, after Tony Evergar, I already have a feeling it's going to be her. And I start training about fight her. But I was new to it's that just about money. And I knew she was going to set the fight close to the, close like six weeks, five weeks. 
And then because I wish to like do short camps, yeah. and then we are team already knew this, and then we knew she was gonna accept the fight close to the fight, but he already prepared for that. And just study her, you know, she have a lot of foodish about because all the fights of her, it's uh, like for points. Yeah. And they just wait and training, you know, you know, it's going to be, you know, finish, it's going to be her. And the big thing that uh, you've been talking about with her is uh, her being drug tested. Is that, do you actually feel that way or is this sort of gamesmanship trying to build up the fight? No, this is I just because her team starts saying things about me, you know, I, I, you know, and then I don't think right and say anything. I just say, then, 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 then her team is the, have the most fighter for test and doping. Yeah. I don't know why they say something about me. Yeah. And then I just say, okay, if you have any problem with me, let's do tests. How many tests you want to do it for me, Uzada, do it for her yeah. between the camp? I don't say about two years ago, I'm talking about the camp. Right. But yeah. nothing against Holly, nothing against anything. Has Holly, has Holly said anything uh, specifically to you about that? Or have you seen Holly say anything about you being tested at all? Or is it just her team you said? Uh, I don't see her say anything. I think her team, but I think she's answered. But I think uh, she don't understand what I'm said. I said about the camp and said about the, uh, how long she's doing tests. You know? One of your training partners in the past has been uh, Marion Renault, who fought Holly. Uh, have you got any ideas from her since she's fought Holly before? Uh, you know, she's coming sometimes training with me too, and uh, because she lives close by. Yeah. And then I met, I went to Bet Korea too in Thailand. You know, we changed a little bit too. Right. And, and then we, I bring one guy from South Africa too. He's had more than 100 fights Muay Thai, South Pole too, yeah. brown belt Jiu Jitsu, good wrestling for help my camp too. You know, I think it's good. Everything you know, you can know about your opponent is better for you. How happy are you that this fight, I mean, you're the champion, so it makes sense, but how happy are you? you don't have to cut, you know, cut down to 40, it's it's 45, so you have this big fight that's at 45 as opposed to you having to cut down. You no, know, I fight so much for that, you know, for open more division for girls, and I'm really happy this opportunity, the fight for my belt, for more 45 is really blessed for me. Do you feel like Megan Anderson's going to be next if you beat Holly? Is that sort of the next contender? You know, I, I really would like to fight somebody from a division. You know, yeah. I think it's no fair I fight the girls other division, 135. Yeah. I think it's fair fight for 145 for growing or, you know, or, or division. There are several underrated aspects to the game of Holly Holm versus Chris Cyborg. As I've mentioned, Chris Cyborg and Holly Holm both really benefited from training for Ronda Rousey. And I know that that's a little bit crazy to say because Ronda Rousey was incredibly one-dimensional. She was a great judoka who had a lot of power in her hands, probably from that judo and all the core strength she had developed. But because of that, uh, that overwhelming judo, both Holly Holm and Cyborg had changed their games and their training so much that like it, to combat that, like I've said it before, Holly Holm, if you go back and watch her early fights... She was avoiding the clinch with people that she absolutely would have wrecked in the clinch, but it's like she was practicing for Ronda Rousey that entire time. So her game in staying out of the clinch just just exploded. It, she got so well at range, so well... I mean, her footwork was always good. She had angles, she was able to cut things off and that, that most people couldn't do, and uh, it really helped her develop as a fighter. Now, of course, her ground game leads, leaves plenty to be desired, and I desire to see what Chris Cyborg has in that regard. You don't see her, despite her uh, uh, accolades on the ground, like submitting people. You see her pounding people out because she has that amazing strength. Chris Cyborg also trained and improved greatly at staying out of that clinch. You would see in, in the old days when Chris Cyborg would fight, she would get up against the cage and she would press people against the cage. If you're fighting a Ronda Rousey, you don't want to do that. You don't want chest-to-chest -chest contact. You don't really want clinch contact or else you go ass over tea kettle. So instead, what Chris Cyborg started to do was almost the uh, the Diaz brothers method, which with a lot more power. 
um, at least comparatively speaking to her opponents, is that she would back them against the cage and at range pick them apart with big power shots. She would wait for the body to open up, then go after that. I'm really excited to see the range game here between these two, and that's not something I, I often say because there are some people that are like, well, if you don't appreciate Leota Machida's like range game and waiting and stuff, then you don't appreciate MMA. I think that's a load of shit. I think you can absolutely dislike MMA like that, but still be excited for uh, for a matchup like Home and Cyborg. A big uh, benefit of both of these people, you got Jason Perillo in Cyborg's corner, you got Jackson Wink in Holly Holmes' corner. Like this, these are two like great strategic coaches. Uh, and James Lynch actually spoke to Jason Perillo a couple of weeks ago. Take a listen. James Lynch here for Fightful.com. I'm here with Jason Perillo, who's uh, been working with Chris Cyborg. And Chris, of course, is a huge fight here against Holly Holm. Uh, Jason, first off, as a coach, how excited are you to fight someone like Holly Holm to figure out that riddle? Uh, you know, a lot of people have had trouble uh, defeating Holly Holm. Well, that's a fight. I mean, <laughs> this is a fight that we've been waiting for for years. I yeah. mean, a Holly, a high-level fight under the UFC umbrella, which is, you know, the biggest promotion of the game. It's, you know, and to go up against Holly Holmes, who's recognized as one of the best female fighters of all time. We're relieved. Yeah. Relieved is yeah. is relieved more than excited. I'm of course excited, but really relieved because Chris, yeah, in my opinion, I think a lot of MMA people's opinion is the best female fighter of all time. Yeah. And uh, she just hasn't, you know, had that marquee fight, that huge fight, that fight that you know, it, it you know, for it to be a big fight, you need another big name. Yeah. You know, and and we got that big name with Holly Holmes, and uh, we're all relieved about it and very excited about it. And not just that, the fights at 45. I mean, I know Chris is the champion, but she's had to go down and wait just to get you know bigger fights, and now it's at 45. You know, she's going to be at her best. You know, how great is that to you know have you know it's she's in her element in this fight fighting Holly. Well, that's everything for me. Yeah. For me as a coach, that's everything because I and, and, and she'll attest to this. I I've always been even. Now 140, I was a, a big no on it, yeah. big no on it, and I, you know, of course, once it, it was, she's already, I was able to support her, because I still care about her, I want to make sure that she's all right regardless, but uh, I'm sure successful with that, you know, do I think that she was at, you know, do I think she was fighting on all cylinders at that weight, no, was she successful, was she not, she still won the top of fashion, yeah. she still wasn't the best out of that, I know. How's she looking in camp so far? This fight's coming up fairly quickly, actually. I mean, I know we're hitting December this weekend. Uh, how's everything looking so far? It's looking great. You know, we got we really got I say it time and time again, Chris is really special. Yeah. You know, it's really just like, it's about making some momentum adjustments now in the gym. Because so she, she, she trains all day long. Yeah. She still gets up and runs every morning. Yeah. Whether she's going to fight or not. You know, yeah. She might not think she's fighting for months, but she's still going to get up and run every morning. It's just who she is and she, what she does. And, uh, you know, we've had time to think about Holly. We didn't just start thinking about Holly as been on your radar for a while. It's, yeah. it's in the back of our minds, and it's, and it's been part of our training for months now, as opposed to just the last six weeks. Right. You know, it's, it, that's who we've been training for. And in all reality, uh, you know, if there was a change of opponent, whatever, I think the adjustment would be easier to go another direction, as opposed to also making adjustment or shape for Holly. You know, so we're ready for one of the best, if not the best, out there. And, uh, you know, from there, you know, we're going to go. So now we've got to be prepared for the 
as a coach, how do you sort of reel her in with you know everything that's being said on social media? You have a lot of you know really idiot fans, and then on top of that, you know there's this whole thing with Holly being tested. There's all these other things going on outside. As a coach, how do you zone her in on the training and get her to kind of not worry about that stuff? Well, that's always that, that's that's the that's the yeah. adjustment I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, exactly. Really, that's all it is, yeah. you know. And, and you know, the, the, the funny is closer to the fight, the easier I can I can start helping with those adjustments. Right. You know, because you know the. You start feeling this, the first steps. You yeah. know it's coming. You know you're going to be in You know that you're going to push that out and stuff in the fight. So you know she's uh, you know she's where she wants to be mentally right now. I'm going to stay there. You know all that training. There's a lot of you know all that overtraining causes the training to be burned out at the same time. That's what they're doing. She's she knows this is the thing that she's I never see her in camp. She she got up the time that Eddie Jordan, but nobody knows. Yeah. She got up that fight. Now she actually is fighting. You know, her focus is 100% for that. It's just, it's, it's keeping it relaxed as well because you know, sometimes something's so important to you, you know, you start thinking too much and you start getting, you know, beside yourself and sometimes that can be, you know, to your disadvantage. And sometimes, and that's something I think Holly will try to play with. Holly is a very intelligent fighter and she's going to try to play on Chris's emotions. You know, that's, that's really the best shot. Right, okay. You know, yeah. and, and for me as a coach, that's where, 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 where obviously, it's a little I know you guys aren't looking past Holly, but uh, is Megan Anderson next as a coach? Is that sort of what you're thinking as far as after this? They're major lessons yeah. to me. I mean, yeah. it, 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 um, I'm just a coach. I'm a manager. Yeah. No, 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 of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. I'm about 100%. That, that, makes, that makes no sense to me. Um, and like you said, I'm just tricking out. I can't even as a coach in the past. Yeah. You know, I've gone to fights that were going to win and loss, and you know, it's just, you, know, you never know what's going to happen. Before I let you go, Michael Bisping obviously coming up uh, another loss uh, here. Uh, how's Mike doing? Have you been talking to him at all since the, since the fight at all? What's the latest on I've been talking. Uh, yeah, of course. It's uh, me and Michael stay in touch with us in our lives. You know, he's, he's, in, he's in the spirits of Michael Bisping. Michael Bisping is a special man. And, uh, he's always been a really positive guy. You're definitely a positive guy. I appreciate the time, Jason. It's good talking about Ahead of this fight, much was made about, about drug testing and things like that, and Chris Cyborg has met her fair share of troubles with drug testing. Like, from, from the Strike Force situation to even the one last year that she was kind of exonerated from. Um, like, it's just... It's, it's a weird situation. It's weird that Chris Cyborg would either say that type of stuff or if she would, like... If she would even like do the research and find out, like, is this worth me pursuing? Is this worth me saying? She criticized Holly Holm about the number of times that that she had been tested, and Holly Holm is among the most tested people in sports, period. But much less the UFC tested more than Chris Cyborg. And the thing is, if you look suspect, USADA does advanced testing on you. They they test extra. They they do more. One thing I wonder about in the case of Holly Holm is. Do these mind games affect her? Because they didn't with Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey screaming at her and all those things. Holly Holm always stays composed. But she ain't getting any younger. She's 36. Maybe maybe that comes as you get older. She's been in the fight game for a long time. 
she's been boxing since like 2001, I think, is when she accepted her first fight. And here we are, almost 2018, she's going to be contending for another UFC title. Uh, she was asked about the, the drug test situation and kind of some of the mind games that Chris Cyborg played. She's been talking a lot about you being tested. Uh, do you look at this as gamesmanship or do you think she's actually serious? You know, I it's one of those things that I, I don't know where that actually came from. Um, you know, I, last year I was one of the most tested. I was They did a whole article and I was one of the most tested last year. And this year, I, I believe I've still been tested more. Um, I just never am the one that needs the sticker to put on my social media and let everybody know. Tested uh, You know, I just, it's like I got tested. It's the name of the game. It's never been something I've ever worried about because I've always been a clean athlete no matter what I've ever competed in. I've never used a performance enhancing drug in my life. So for me, it's like... Oh, Usad is here. Okay, let's get this done with so I can do the number one, get back to bed because they're at 5.45 in the morning, or number two, let's get this done so I can go train if they come to the gym, you know. So um, they were just at my doorstep at 5.45 in the morning last week. So it's just, it's one of those things, you know, I've never really responded to a lot of trash talk or anything like that or any attacks coming. It's the name of the game. That's what, what are we trying to do? I'm, I'm trying to beat you. I'm trying to knock you out. You're trying to knock me out. This is the name of the game. This is what we do. We're both trying to chase the common goal. Sorry about that. And in order to get there, we were trying to take each other out. Um, so I don't ever say anything, but when it turned into that, that's the only time I've ever responded because that's one thing I'm very sure of and one thing I'm very confident in, one thing that I'm very uh, truthful about. It's, I'm, I'm a clean athlete. Did you lose respect for her when she said that? Because it seemed kind of out of left field. It was out of left field, and I feel like everything is... Um, a lot of times when things like that happen, it's, um, okay, well, I just want to correct this real quick before people on the internet, because people even, like, see one thing on the internet, and all of a sudden it's true, yeah, exactly. right? So that's why I just wanted to squash it when it first happened, but um, on the other side of that, um, whenever people do things, it's every action is because of maybe a thought or a reaction or something that's going on with them, and, you know, who knows why that came out uh, on her side, you know, there might be emotions on her side, but why that even something that comes out. So I let that be their issue. I just want to, you know, I just want to, okay, I know you. I know you posted the video with, like, kind of your response to it. I can't be found on your Instagram. It looks like it's deleted. Do you know why? Did you delete it? Did someone on your social team? I put it up for one day. I don't really like my social media to post when I'm with people. There's a lot more in my life. Starting, yeah. Is it disappointing knowing that now that's, you know, part of it, we're here, we're asking about Right, and actually there's, um, there's probably going to be, this is the first time I've actually done any media about it, um, there's probably going to be very few conversations about it because uh, I actually don't even have my name to be associated with that. Right. Let's talk about training camp then. Are you bringing anyone in uh, specifically uh, to, you know, kind of mimic her at all, or is it just going to be business as usual for training camp? You know, we have such a great team. I have so many teammates that are going to mimic her 
do whatever I need and you know they're gonna be uh, they're there they're my family they're like my brothers and they they show up and they do whatever whatever we need and so I don't need to fly anybody in I've got them right there right there in the, in the same room making a prediction for this fight is a little more difficult than the most high-level fights in my opinion because of the question marks surrounding Chris Cyborg and and the quality of opponent she's faced also the question marks around Holly Holmes' ground game. We saw her choked out with uh, thoroughly by Misha Tate, and I think if Misha Tate is capable of that, then Chris Cyborg is more than capable of that. Footwork is going to be the key in this fight. I think if if Chris Cyborg can stop Holly Holm from getting inside and outside and inside and outside, then then she stands a much better chance than if she just tries to swing and and slug it out. But Despite the power of Chris Cyborg, she she is a pretty cerebral fighter. She does look for openings very, very well. She is just exceptional at that type of thing and really capitalizing when somebody else opens up. It's just, it's you can't make a mistake against Chris Cyborg or else she's going to make you pay for it. Now we're going to hear from the pros what they have to think, or what they have to say, rather, about uh, the upcoming uh, Holly Holm Chris Cyborg fight. Uh, we've got several of these pros picks. It just they they James uh, does these after every interview, and really really delivered on UFC 219. Take a listen. And uh, like Holly's like a, such a humble person, you know. But I have like way more contact with Chris, you know. Uh, again, from like Jiu Jitsu part, you know. Uh, so I know she's such a humble girl too. And I, I'm I'm pulling for Chris, you know. I hope that she, I think she'll win, you know, because she's so freaking tough, you know. But uh, I think will be a good fight for sure. Holly looks like she moves around, you know, like from what I see. I'm not I'm not like specialist, you know, of like stand up. I know for sure the fight's probably gonna stay standing up, you know. So I'm really excited to see the fight. But uh, I think Chris will take take home the will win. I didn't see Holly Holmes win that fight. She's in a. Uh kind of weather storm early on in the fight. Uh, Chris Cyborg's going to push the pace and wear herself out, and I see Holly Holmes taking over the fight towards the end of the third round, going into the fourth, fifth round. I like, I, I like both of them. I like Holly Holmes, you know, uh, but I, 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 you know, I just think Chris Cyborg's going to take this. She's just a very dominant, strong uh, woman, and, like, uh, you've seen Holly Holmes already fight for the 45 against Radamas, and then it wasn't like, you know, she lost it, and it was like, Barely wasn't, you know, wasn't that very that impressive of a fight. It was kind of close, and I feel like that's the type of fight that you have with Christ Cyborg. So for you to fight and lose it like that, I just don't think, you know. But but who knows, you know? You, it's not the first time Holly Holmes surprises us. So uh, you know, she might just pull it on there you know, at, a, at an order, you know, at a hat trick and and get another, you know, head kick KO. But uh, I, I I see Cyborg definitely dominating this. Uh, Cyborg, I think. Yeah, I like. I'm a big. I'm a big. Um... Holly Holm fan, but um, so it's, it's as if she goes into a bit of like an autopilot now. The, the days where she was like knocking people clean out, you know, and um, like Cyborg, you don't have to worry about that. She'll always come with that venom in her shots, and uh, and she hits like a train. You know, you can see it. And I was in the um, the athlete retreat with her back in May, and she's a big, big, big featherweight. You know, she's just a cut of 140, but she's a big featherweight. And, um, yeah, I, I, I see her stopping the fight, really. You know, she's, a, she's an absolute beast. I don't think anyone really beats Chris. But I think if if Holly fights the way she fought Ronda and just keeps moving constantly, I think she has a good chance, you know. 
I know, like, it'll either be it'll either be Chris winning by a TKO or Holly will win on points. But only if Holly sticks to that same like stick and move. Because as soon as she as soon as Chris gets her hands on her, it's gonna be a different story. So I don't know, everyone seems to say that Holly Holm has like the perfect style to beat Cyborg, like just because she she's elusive, like and she backs out and, and Cyborg comes straight forward, so that seems to be like it's it, it, on paper it seems to like work for Cyborg. Or I'm sorry, for for home. But for Cyborg, I think one of the, the X factors is that ground game. Because she's big and strong enough to just like if she does run forward at Holly and can grab a hold of her, like she might be able to exploit some things on the ground because she's so big and so strong. And home isn't as big and strong at forty five, I believe. You know, Cyborg is Cyborg, but Holly Holm is known for for upsetting the favorite, you know, based on her history. Uh, I think I think it'll be a really, really good fight. But um, I don't know. I, I kind of I like Cyborg. I've trained with her a few times before. You know, she's an absolute sweetheart and amazing person. Um, I kind of want to see see Holly win. I think uh, Chris Cyborg. I think. Um... She will pressure Holly and uh, and she will uh, get the get the win. But it'll be a tough fight. But I think it'll be a decision win. Oh, I think Cyborg's <coughs> gonna win that one. But I think it'll be a good match. Um, I think Holm will give her some problems. But uh, I think Cyborg's gonna end up pulling out the win. Nothing against Holmes, but I think Chris Cyborg's got that fight. So I can say definitely I think Chris Cyborg. Man, that's, that's really tough, man, because uh, I think Holly Holm can take the beating, and I think she'll have more stamina, and she moves a lot. But, man, I can't ever count out Cyborg. Of course, if you are listening on the iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, if you're listening to the audio of this, you may not have faces to go with those names. Head over to our YouTube. You can watch on there. You can see all the video of that as well. Make sure you subscribe, like, thumbs up. It's, I, I'm, this is a, such a supremely intriguing fight to me, but this this whole card was matched up very, very well. The co-main event, Habib Nurmagomedov against Edson Barboza. Now, there have been, like, just such an asterisk next to Habib's name, I think, because of his inability to make weight or stay in the cage. Like, this is a guy who, a few years ago, in 2014, he looked ready for a title shot. He missed two years. Then his then Tony Ferguson pulled out. He couldn't get the guy he wanted in the cage. Then he's taken another year off. He couldn't get in the cage. He couldn't make weight. There were all these issues. And at the, in the 155-pound division, you have to prove that you can make weight. Now, granted, it would be a lot better off if they could just move to 165. That, that would make a lot more sense to me. I'm usually not in uh, favor of flooding divisions and things like that. But it, with so much talent between 155 and 170... I think you could open up a 165, shift 170 to 175, and things would be all right. Edson Barboza is the matchup that I wanted to see against uh, for Habib Nurmagomedov. Ah, easy for me to say, Habib Nurmagomedov, because I saw Michael Johnson kind of piece Habib up on the feet a little bit. We all know he has that just smothering wrestling that takes people down and and holds them there, clamps down, and you just don't uh, think think back to Abel Trujillo and. Glayson Tebow and all these guys who couldn't do anything with that wrestling. Edson Barboza is going to make you pay if you get in a range, either with his hands, with his feet, or with his knees. If you throw a lazy shot at Edson Barboza, you're going to probably get kneed and knocked out cold. If you strike at range too much, he might surprise you with a spinning wheel kick. 
if uh, you try to fight in in the pocket a little bit too much, straights, uppercuts, even elbows will get it done, and, and knees in the clinch, too. That is such just a good matchup, because it tests the wrestling of Edson Barboza, it tests the striking of Habib Nurmagomedov. I just thought it was beautiful matchmaking by, by the new... Uh, by Mick Maynard, Sean Shelby, the team that puts that together now. I think they've been doing a great job this year. They've really been stacking these UFC shows with, if not big name fights, then very interesting fights. And I think that Habib versus Edson Barboza is a very interesting fight. A lot of people aren't giving Edson Barboza much of a chance, but I think that he has the tools that need to test Habib Nurmagomedov. I really do. Uh, if Michael Johnson could find a degree of success on the feet against Habib, then I definitely think that Edson Barboza could. So I definitely, I'm not writing him off. Uh, somebody asked me to give my percentage what who I think could win. In Holly Holm Cyborg, I've got it. I've got it 51-49 leaning towards Cyborg. But if Holly Holm won, it wouldn't surprise me at all. She has the technical tools to do it. Barboza and Habib. I'm going a little bit more like 40% Barboza because of the tools that he has, but 60% Habib because of uh, just that wrestling hasn't failed him yet. That is just something that he has that will work against Conor McGregor. It could very well work against uh, Tony Ferguson if he can get in range because we saw Kevin Lee have a degree of success. So Habib's game now is enough to probably take him to a championship of some sort, whether it be the interim title or whatever. But, you know, it's it's you got to add to it, especially when Michael Johnson is piecing you up. And, and that's no disrespect to Michael Johnson, because as we've seen, he can beat almost anybody in that division on any given night. But uh, take a listen at what the pros think about this upcoming fight. It just depends if, if Barbosa can stop the shots. You know, I think he can keep him at distance and, and, and maybe win in the open, but... If Khabib gets his hands on him, I believe he'll put him down and, and, and ride him out or submit him. Um, man, I don't know. Is Khabib going to make weight? If Khabib makes weight, if Barbosa can't stop that takedown, oh, that's it. You know what I mean? I think it's Khabib. You know what I mean? If Barbosa can keep his stand the whole time, Barbosa's going to win. It's hard to not take Khabib on that fight, but I fought Edson, and you know he's, he's a different fighter than he was, you know, two years ago. Um, and also he uh, he's been making the weight consistently. So depending on how. Uh, how that wake up goes, I think that would say a lot about you know how that fight goes. Khabib champ, Khabib all the way, dude. Khabib's gonna beat him. Yeah, I think pretty easily. Uh, Khabib should be fighting for that title. I figured that he would get the title shot. I don't think McGregor is gonna be coming back, but we'll see. No matter what, he's 24 and I, eight now in the UFC. It's it's unheard of, and um, it's hard to keep that over. But, uh, I, you know, I think um, Barbosa's got to catch him coming in. If he doesn't catch him coming in, then the same thing happens. That happened to everyone else. And Magomedov takes him down, beats him up until they give something up or he wins by decision. So I think uh, Habib will get that. I'm going to take Barbosa, but uh, hopefully Wichman, uh, whatever his name, can make weight. Oh, man. Two of it. I love these guys, dude. I'm a Khabib fan, man. I'm a Khabib fan. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I have Khabib winning. I have Khabib winning that fight. Um I don't. I don't. I think it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a back and forth one. But I have to be winning that fight. That's a tough one. I think Khabib's going to get him down, though. I think once Khabib gets him down, it's just too hard for a lot of guys to deal with the wrist control and the hip pressure. Uh, Barbos or uh, sorry, Khabib wins that for sure. Not for sure. Fuck, you just don't know anything. <laughs> but um, I think Khabib will just close the distance and and take him down, and, and it'll be over. So um, it's hard to bet against Khabib. 
Yeah, that's a good fight. Uh, not many, no, I don't think anyone's been able to hold Edson down. Uh, Khabib, yeah, there's not too much to watch from him. You know, the guy doesn't fight so often, so we'll, we'll really get to see. I just, I just hope he he comes in and then uh, makes the weight that he's. I seen him out of camp once, man, and that's a big dude. He would have like. I don't know, pounds, but he would have been like 95 kilo, like the light heavyweight size. And he was like wrestling Luke Rockhold and just like out muscling him, just holding him down. So that that's a big guy. Uh, that's one of the guys that I don't know how he makes lightweight, man. It would just be, a training camp would just be a, a, a weight loss clinic, I guess. So that's, that, that's probably why he doesn't fight so often, but... I, I'm picking Barbosa, just too too slick, too fast, too agile, too active over the last few years. The guy's been improving and fighting, so I, I'm going to go with Edson. Yeah, I think he will win that. I think I think if if, if uh, Barbosa can land something straight off the bat in the feet, Barbosa might get it. But that's a, that's a, you know he's been hit before and he still does the same thing, Kahib. So I'll go Kahib. Three round, de- three round decision, or maybe even a, a submission stoppage. Uh, I like Edson. Edson was was one of my. Uh, I liked his stand up probably the most in the whole UFC when when I was you know really coming into this thing. His leg kicks are brutal, you know. Um, but and then Megan Medoff, his his wrestling, his grappling is is too much for someone that doesn't have a wrestling or a grappling background. Dude, if uh, if. Khabib like can make it out without getting injured. You know that 155 pound cut is pretty pretty tough for him. Um, from what I've been hearing, so if he can make it down there, I mean that dude, you can't put your money against him. Uh, that guy's trying to go in there, but Barbosa is very you know t- he's very very diverse with the striking and skill set. So if he can keep it standing, then I think uh, Barbosa can end up finishing Khabib. But if Khabib gets a hold of him and able to take it to the ground. You're not getting up, you know. He's held down, fucking phenomenal fighters. So I, I say, like I said, if uh, stands up, uh, what's his face? If it's a stand up, then Barbosa would take it. If Khabib is able to take it to the ground, then it's him all day. If Khabib gets him to the ground, it's gonna be bad. And I, and I think I think um, Edson's gotten way better at that. But I mean, it, it, Khabib's gonna get a hold of him, and I think Khabib's gonna you know beat him up on the ground for sure. If it stays standing, it's Edson. But Khabib's gonna take him down for sure, I think. So I got Khabib uh, submission or just brutal, just ground and pound. Khabib. Ah, uh, Barbosa, Barbosa. I'm gonna go with Barbosa for that one, but I don't know. Barbosa's been hot lately, man. I don't know. Um, but Khabib, like, I don't know. I don't know. That, that one's kind of a pick to me. I think whoever starts faster and can get the other one's attention should win. If Barboza does win, I think it'll be by decision. Like, I think he'll have to come out, rack up points early and quickly, and then avoid the takedown later. Because I don't think Khabib will break, you know what I mean? Like, Khabib, and I think he's going to be kind of hard to put away. I think that if Barboza does beat him, it's going to have to be, he's going to have to hit him fast early. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like stifle him a little bit and then try to run the points. It just doesn't get any easier to pick from there because you have a Carlos Condit versus Neil Magny on the show as well. 
My God, Carlos Condit, a guy who has appeared at the top of this division for on and off for so long. He had that title shot in 2016 that went to a split decision. He had uh, the Nick Diaz fight where he won the interim championship. He lost to GSP. He lost to Johnny Hendricks. He's won one fight in the last four years, though. That's the big question mark, in my opinion. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And when, again, beautiful matchmaking because they're putting him up against Neil Magny. Neil Magny, who is the gatekeeper in this division. You see who can hang and who isn't going to hang in this 170-pound division. He's beaten guys like Tim Means, Kelvin Gastelum, uh, Hector Lombard, Eric Silva, Johnny Hendricks. Guys who haven't made it to that part in, that, that point in the division. And then he would lose to guys like Dos Anjos, who were close to a title shot. Maya, who uh, would get a title shot. Then you got uh, Lorenz Larkin, who went on to Bellator on a big deal. The wrestling of Magni and the range of Magni is something that that I wonder about, but I, I don't know how effectively Magni will use his reach against a guy like Carlos Condit and his footwork. That being said, it's been a year and a half since I've seen Carlos Condit in action, and really it's been closer to two years, because that two-minute drubbing from Damian Maya, what did that show us? That didn't show us anything. It just showed us that his ground game wasn't as good as Damian Maya's, and... You know, we we pretty much that was a foregone conclusion. Yeah, like we all knew that that, that Carlos Condit's ground game was not as good as Damian Maya's. Neil Magny is the right opponent to give Carlos Condit for for a multitude of reasons. If Condit wins, then okay, he belongs near the top of this division. If Magny wins, then that's another name to add to his resume. To be fair, some of the people that he's beaten, Johnny Hendricks, past his prime. Hector Lombard passes prime. Kelvin Gastelum, uh, not ideally at the weight that Kelvin Gastelum can perform his best at, I think. But still, that was an outstanding fight. That was great. You got guys like Tim Means that he's beaten uh, that can can hang with almost anybody. Like they make it their fight, and Neil Magny was able to make it his fight. So I'm going with Magny here just because I, I haven't seen Carlos Condit perform at a successful level for so long. But, I mean, you know, that that's why you put him in this fight is to see if he can compete at this level. Uh, several UFC fighters, including Colby Covington, chimed in on who they think will win this fight. I got to go Condit, man. Magny is, man, that guy's just, he needs to hang it up too, man. He's past his time, and, and Condit's vicious, man. So I think he's going to get the job done. Uh, Condit. I think Condit, uh, yeah, I think I think Condit experience, obviously fighting in big fights as well. I think it'll it'll make a big difference in that fight. I uh, got Carlos Condit. Carlos Condit had some time to actually go back and give his body time to heal up. Uh, his last fight was just a ridiculous war with Robbie Lawler. I know that, but sometimes you need those breaks to get to rebuild that flame, to rebuild that fire. And I think he's got it. I think he's got it. Uh, Neil Manny. Uh, I love the guy to death, but he hasn't been doing too well. I don't, I'm not really sure why that is. I don't know if it's a mental thing, but he hasn't been doing too well in the 170 division. Um, I hope I hope he, he uh, uh, you know, 
gets that fire back again. I hope he's not losing that fire, you know. But a lot of guys do that, especially when you're really busy like he is. But I think Carlos Condit's got it. I feel like traditional wisdom says Condit, but after such a long layoff, I don't know, ring rust could be a factor, but I'm going to go with my boy Condit. I think, you know, a little bit more versatile. Like, they're around the same frame, so I don't see Magny's range being as much of an issue. I think it's going to be, like, and I think or I think Connor has a bit more weaponry, but I don't know. We'll see. See if Ring Rust is a factor. That's a fun one too. God, dude. <laughs> um, I would love for the Natural Born Killer to come back and, and kill it. Um, that's a clean matchup. I, I don't really know who's gonna win that one because they're both really freaking good. The funny thing is, like, I'm trying to I'm trying to like Neil Magny is act an, an an excellent fighter, man. He's really good at using his range. He's very long. He's actually, I think he's pretty strong. Like it, he looks pretty strong for for his little for his division, but every time I think of uh, uh, Neil, I think of Lorenz Larkin keeping that guy all over the place, man. Um, but I'm gonna go with Carlos Condit. Uh, that's that's a tough one though. I don't know. It depends on how Condit comes out. I think Condit Condit can can pull it out for sure, but it depends on how how prepared he is for this fight and. Uh... I see Condit, but you know, Magni is super predictable. Eli is not predictable. Super, super durable. So I mean, um, uh, you know, if it if it doesn't like if if it finds his rhythm and uh, you kind of like uh, fight at his pace, it's trouble. But if you find him out and then uh, kind of like uh, start strong and he start to like feel you like feel you, then um, then you can have the better. But uh, I think Condit. Uh, I'll go with Carlos Condit. I think he's just too busy and fought too tough of guys. I just don't see Neil Magny being big enough or strong enough to really pose any threat to him. Um, Carlos is, is very crafty, the way he fights. That guy, like, he's very calm sometimes, but he fights very good. And he's very good on the ground, too. And the only thing I can see Magny trying to do to him more will be do a lot of jabs or try to take him down. Um, but Robbie is just all over the place. Robbie, I said sorry, um, Carlos. So yeah, I see. I see Carlos. I just stopping him because that, that. Yeah, Rob, um, Carlos is very good. Uh, Neil Magny, man. I don't know if Condit says he likes, loves fighting and stuff, but I, just because of the fact that he was thinking of retiring, you know, it's when you have one foot out, it's hard to fight. You know, it's not easy to be the same. You know, if not, if like Condit in his prime, I would, I would I'd like Condit. But now I think Magny. Magny's on his way up. So as we went on the air, I got some unfortunate news that John Lineker is out of his fight with uh, Jimmy Rivera. Undisclosed reasons. This is heartbreaking. I actually had a video interview with Jimmy v Rivera queued up. I may still run that because he talks about uh, – actually, I won't run it, but he talks about having his opponents pull out and things like that. Marlon Marias has stepped up and said that he would fight Jimmy Rivera and – uh also, Brian Kelleher said that he would do it at 140 pounds. That is a bummer. You you had John Lineker against Jimmy Rivera and a win for Rivera while he is still so under the radar. Would have probably given him a title shot, and he really deserves it. Like, he's just... He beat Almeida and Faber and Alcantara and Munoz, and he's on such a hot streak that, that a win over Lineker would have been even bigger, higher-profile win, than, or more of one to, to tack onto that resume. It's really unfortunate. Now, John Lineker's 
power doesn't seem to have translated necessarily to 135. Marlon Marais versus Jimmy Rivera is a great fight. Do I think that Jimmy Rivera takes it based on the interview that, that James Lynch had with him? You can check out over at Fightful.com. No, because I, I don't think that Jimmy Rivera is keen on switching game plans. Like, it's just, it's just the, you know, he you got to train a certain way for John Lineker. And that way is not the way that you train for Marlon Marias. Do I think he would entertain the idea? Yeah, probably, because he, he's not getting paid otherwise, and he delayed his honeymoon in order to go and take this fight. That is so unfortunate. Hopefully we have a, a Jimmy Rivera versus Marlon Marias fight this weekend. Do I think it will happen at 135? Hell no, I don't. Marlon Marias, there's, I don't think there's any way he can make 135 in this short of notice. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he didn't get out of shape. Maybe he planned for this. Anytime John Lineker's fighting, you got to kind of prepare yourself no matter what weight he's fighting. He could fight at 145, and I would tell featherweights, get ready. You might have to step in for him. So that's that's very unfortunate, and we do have pros pick uh, clips up on our YouTube for Rivera and Lineker, and we do have an interview with uh, Jimmy Rivera up there. So instead of running it on this preview now that it's kind of kind of pointless – we won't do that. Now, if Marias versus Rivera happens, you got to watch out for the, the kicks of Marlon Marias. He is such just a violent kicker that it, it can throw somebody who is so well-rounded as, as Jimmy Rivera off their game and make them almost a one-dimensional fighter. Uh, he's got that ability. So that's something to watch out for, too. And many believe that Marlon Marias could be the best bantamweight in the world, period. Because he sure as hell didn't lose his first fight in the UFC, despite uh, what the judges said. Like he that that should not be a stain on his record. Jimmy Rivera, however, he's not lost in about nine years as well. Like he's that is that is just one of those fights that like even though it's not a title fight, would be such a high level great fight. Like everybody should want to see that fight. That that's just such a good one. Also, uh, great matchmaking. Cynthia Covillo against Carla Esparza. Calvillo, I've, I've touted this many times, has been a pro less than two years. She, her first fight came two months into Fightful existing as a website. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. And she's 6-0. and She beat Joanne Calderwood. That was the big one for me. When she beat Joanne Calderwood, now Calderwood missed weight, so you got to wonder if anything else was wrong with her there. She has since moved up to 125. But Calvillo defeating a person in Joanne Calderwood that... Many thought would rule over that division. That's saying something. Also, she has a big win over Aspen Ladd as an amateur. Now, despite the fact that she's only been a pro for uh, under a year and a half, she has competed in MMA and trained in MMA for like six, seven years. It's been a while. Like she didn't just like up and decide to start fighting a couple of years ago. She had amateur fights in 2012. She had like four of them. She had one in 2013, one in 2014, and then took some time off. Carla Esparza is what she is. Carla Esparza is a finished product now. And the thing is, the, the irony is, they are near the same age. I think that Calvillo is actually a little bit older than Esparza. But you wouldn't think that because Esparza has been in the game so long. She has been like just visible to hard, hardcore MMA fans since 2010 since she lost to Megumi Fuji in Bellator to that armbar. And then... She fought Jessica Aguilar a couple fights after that. She was fighting the best women, not just the best women 
in the world at this division, but at the time, the best women in this division ever. Jessica Aguilar and Megumi Fuji. And later she would face Joanna Janjacek. So by the time she got to 10-3, and three, her three losses were to the three greatest fighters that women's strawweight ever saw. She's got a nice win over Rose Namajunas. Uh, she's beaten Tisha Torres, who's challenging for the title next. Beat Jessica Panay, who held a, who competed for the title. Uh, Angela Hill, who held the Invicta title. Juliana Lima, who looked like she was going to be something cool or something special. Then Felice Herrig, who has only improved since then. But she she didn't compete that frequently. And you know, if you get your ass kicked. By Joanna Yenjacek, the way that she did, you're going to want to take a year plus off. So that's understandable. Uh, since then, 2017, she's fought a lot more. She lost to Randa Marco. She's, if she wins this fight over Calvillo, that puts her back in the conversation, especially with a win over Rose Namajunas and a win over Tisha Torres uh, on the Ultimate Fighter. So she, Carla Esparza is in a situation where if she wins, she's in the discussion again, depending on what Joanna does moving forward. Because to to have been out of that conversation just a couple of months ago, that's a pretty good situation for Carla. Because she's got wins over both the girls that are going to compete for the title. Well, we spoke to Cynthia Calvillo, who mentioned that Carla like was kind of offended that she even challenged her or, or took this fight. Uh, tell me about how you found out that you were fighting Carla Esparza, former champ. I mean, this is a pretty big fight for you. Yeah, I was uh, I was pretty stoked. I think uh, Carla actually is the one that kind of helped out with that just because she responded to. Uh, they had asked me after my, my Scotland fight who I wanted to fight next. And, of course, being at that time that uh, Carla and Michelle Waterson were both ranked right above me, I was like, well, of course, I want to fight either of you two so I can get up. So Carla took it as a kind of disrespect sign for whatever reason and was like, I'll fight you. So then, you know, it's kind of one of those things where the timing worked for, for us to fight. She accepted the fight. So uh, I was happy when I got it. <laughs> Excellent. And how do you feel like you match up against her? I mean, obviously her bread and butter is the wrestling. Um, how do you feel like your, your skill set sort of matches up against hers? Yeah, she's got really strong wrestling. You know, she's she's a veteran in the division, so she's fought all kinds of different types of, of fighters, and she's adapted well and you know used her wrestling. But uh, uh, I think you know I'm I'm one of the the new era fighters where I'm well rounded. You know, I can stop takedowns, I can throw takedowns, and you know it just depends. I'm I'm really good at adapting a different style, so I'm really excited about this fight. It's a new different type of style. I fought a wrestler before, but she was a lot taller than me. So now we have, you know, Carla Esparza. She's, she's a little bit lower, than, you know, shorter than me and, you know, got some good shots in there. So I'm really excited about this fight. How's training camp going at a Team Alpha Male and who are some of the people you've been working with helping you get ready for this fight? Oh, it's, been, uh, it's been going great. It's amazing. Um, I saw my head coach, uh, Justin Buckles, and my other corner, uh, Fabio Prado. Um, and a lot of the great guys in there. One of my main training partners, actually, Jamie Moyle. Um, oh, great. She's in one of the... Yeah, UFC strawweight fighter as well. She's going to be fighting Mirna, uh, Marina Moros in, in, you know, in, uh, for uh, UFC 220. So it just works in perfectly. We're both in training camp. You know, she's short. She's the same size as Carla. I'm taller. You know, I can give her a good look from her. So it, it's, it's a good look. So um, I'm really happy about that and having her for this training camp. December 30th, how do you sort of see this fight unfolding? I mean, you're going to win, but how do you see it ending with you and Carla? I think, oh, man, I think there's going to be, you know, Someone's going to get cut up. It's going to be a little bloody. Uh, 
I always like cutting up my opponents, so it's always makes me feel good. Like it's just like a shark, you know. Like if I see him bleed, I just want to, you know, keep going. But uh, uh, for I, you know, honestly, I feel like, I feel like it's gonna be a, a great fight. I think uh, she's gonna underestimate my my power with my punches, and she's probably just gonna try to, you know, shoot, which I'm perfectly fine with that because you know. My bread and butter is is the ground, and and you know I'm a you know I'll welcome her. You know if she wants to take me down, you know I'm either gonna finish her in the bottom with ground and pound, or I'm gonna knock her out. How close do you think you are to a title shot, especially if you get a win here? I mean, you'd beat a former champion. I mean, I gotta imagine you're pretty close. I do. I I'm so close. I I feel like I'm so close. They just you know uh, the New Year rankings just came out. I'm number six. So. Unfortunately for for Ron, for Carla Esparza, for her research, they moved her down all the way to number nine. So I you know I don't know I, I I can't say much about that. All I know is that when I took the fight, she was number seven and I was number eight. And now as the months progress, I'm number six and she's number nine. I mean I'm sure that if I win, I'm still going to go up. But I'm I'm hoping to just crack the top five, get one more of the top five fighters, and then I should have my my shot. I think you know, um, but. You know who knows? It's just is with with Rose being the new champ and new matchups and and you know it, you don't know how it's gonna get mixed up. I feel like if Rose would have not won, I would have been a clear shot for me to be there because everybody else in the top five had already fought Joanna, so I just felt like it was just uh, you could kind of see it more. Now it's a little bit of a mix up, so we'll see what happens. But I really do feel like maybe you know just this next one, one more, and maybe you know I can get it. I'm hoping for for summertime. I would definitely love to fight for that international fight week for UC. It's always huge in the, in the summertime. We're going to give the prelims some love as well because there are some good fights on these prelims. One of them might actually get moved up to the main card, which is a bummer. I hope they find a replacement for John Lineker, and I hope uh, the Jimmy Rivera accepts it because he, after this, he deserves to just be put into a title shot no matter who he faces. These prelims some good fighters on these prelims like none that are going to pop out and you say man that should be on the main card nothing like that but they were able to get some people on the show who needed fights and and things like that uh mark jacasey is one that i am particularly interested in because he's such an exciting fighter and he he did drop his last fight he he lost it to uh dracar close who who we actually spoke to on fightful.com recently but he's but Jacasey's fighting Dan Hooker, and Dan Hooker always comes to fight. He he had that sick knee over Ross Pearson. He uh, he just drilled, drilled and killed Hatsu Hioki. But Jacasey is a guy that a lot of people thought was going to be like come into the UFC just like a bat out of hell and dominate a lot of people. Uh, James Lynch spoke to him ahead of the fight. This is a huge card here, UFC 219. It's got, you know, Holly Holm, Chris Cyborg. I mean, it's the end of the year card. They always stack the deck, so you must have been excited about uh, fighting in Vegas and fighting on this card. Um, and you're taking on Dan Hooker, a really tough guy. He's got the 14-7 and record. How do you feel like you match up against him in this fight? Uh, that's the main reason, really. I wanted him because I know he's a tough guy because I felt like my last fight. Don't get me wrong. I don't feel like I've lost any fans or anything. Or I know people are talking, but I just feel like I know what I'm capable of and doing. So that's why I wanted some somebody tough like Dan Hook because he got a good knockout over Ross Pearson. So I wanted somebody like that, you know, to go back in my winning ways. Yeah, and it's safe to say this is the type of fight that excites you because, you know, Dan is, you know, going to bring the action. You're going to have... It's impossible to have a boring fight uh, just the way this is on paper between the two of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's, uh, no, he's dangerous and you know, come forward, you know, punches, stand up with me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be out there, you know, face to face and then, you know, put it on him. How do you see this fight sort of unfolding on December 30th? 
I want to knock him out. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the plan. Uh, I don't have any other plans, but I know what I've got to do. And that is knock him out. And that's what I'm going to do. I know you're not looking past Dan here, but but do you have sort of an idea of when you want to fight after this and any opponents you have in mind or anything it's like that? It's going to be London. <laughs> it's going to be London. Yeah. And like I said, I, I've got a point in mind, but I'm not going to say yeah. I'm going to get Dan out of weight and then uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the mic and call him out because uh, I still feel like Drakkar shouldn't have beat me in... You know, I know I'm capable of. I, I, I watched his last fight; he did terrible. He didn't he didn't have a clue. And uh, I feel you got lucky with me, so it's like I know what I've got to do now. In addition to Jacasey, you got Miles Jury, Rick Glenn. Miles Jury looked like a guy in 2014. At the end of 2014, he was fresh off of wins over uh, Michael Johnson, Ramsey Nijum, Diego Sanchez, Takanori Gomi. In 2014, that was a that was looking at something. And then he lost that fight to Donald Cerrone. Then he didn't come back for about 11 months. He lost to Charles Oliveira. Oliveira missed weight. I don't know if you can really hold that against him, but it was such a one-sided fight that you kind of have to. And then all of a sudden, like he comes back a year and a half later and he beats Mike Delatore. Mike Delatore, and he did it quickly. So you have to wonder, like, during that period, that, like, two-and-a-half-year period in between wins, what changed in, in Miles' jury? Is he that guy that beat Michael Johnson, Diego Sanchez, Takanori Gomi, Ramsey Nijem? Because the thing is, you can beat those four guys, but it ain't often that you beat those four guys in a row if you put any lightweight or featherweight uh, up against them. And he has, he has done some bouncing around because uh, he moved to featherweight for the for the uh, Oliveira fight. Rick Glenn, he is a guy that... <laughs> you know what you're getting out of Rick Glenn. He, he's a former World Series of Fighting champion. He's a good win. Miles Jury, I would have... I, I, you know, I say maybe I would have put him up against somebody else. But, you know, Rick Glenn versus Miles Jury is a good fight. It's a good fight. It's one that could end up either being really boring or could end up being fight of the night. That's, that's the key there. Also, uh, a storyline in this fight. Luis Smoka against Matthias, Matthias Nicolau. Nicolau is knocking on the door of being a guy that gets bigger fights in this flyweight division. Luis Smoka was. Uh, like, when we started this website in July of 2016, he had just beaten Ben Wynn. He was on a four-fight winning streak. The only guy that had beaten him in his career was Chris Carriasso via split decision. And then he had that upset loss to Brandon Moreno. And then he got beat by Ray Borg. And then he got beat by Tim Elliott. Now, Borg, Moreno, Elliott, Carriasso are all either top 10 guys or guys who have competed for titles in that division. So that, that's the type of guys you'll run into. But if he doesn't beat Nicolau, then I think he's out of the UFC. Now, he has said that he has completely changed his life. Said that he had some alcohol problems and really opened up to James Lynch about it. Coming off a loss, uh, Tim Elliott, UFC on Fox 24. What did you sort of take away from that fight? You know, Tim's a really tough guy and has a pretty unorthodox style for that division. Um, Kind of proved to me, like, I don't know, like, I need to stop drinking. I mean, I've been kind of an alcoholic for, like, the past, like, I don't know, for, like, a while. I mean, so I, I kind of proved to me, like, I can't get away with drinking and trading anymore. I can't drink during fight camp anymore. I got away with it for a really long time, and I guess it just caught up to me. Wow, good for you, man. That, that you rec was was that sort of your decision, or did someone sort of come to you and say, "Hey, you know, you might want to cut that out"? How did you sort of come to that realization? Uh, 
my coaches have kind of been on me about it for a while. So, so is she. I mean, they've been on me for a while, but I've just been real stubborn about it. And, you know, I'm just, I like to drink. I like to have fun. And I just, yeah, I guess I, I just got, I just kind of hit the wall. You know, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm like old. <laughs> so I can't get that. My metabolism is not what it used to be. Yeah. Well, you're not that old, man, but still, I, I know what you're saying. You know, you get, you get older, you get mature. You got to kind of, you know, put your priorities in order. So are you completely done with drinking or is it just during training camp? You don't have any drinks. Um, I'm just cutting it down like a lot. Like I was before I was like blacking out every night. Like I was a pretty heavy drinker, but you know, I'm, I'm trying to clean it up right now. Good for you, man. Well, I'm, I'm glad you've realized that. I mean, you must feel a lot better, you know, going and in, going into practice, going into training, not having a hangover, not having the, you know, being dehydrated. Is that, have you noticed that is a big difference in this training camp? Uh, yeah, I definitely have like a lot better energy and cardio. Like I'm not like sparring and trying to fight my like throw up, you know what I mean? <laughs> trying to choke my throw up. So yeah, that, that's, that's a nice change. Awesome. Well, uh, you got another tough opponent here. You're taking on uh, Matthias uh, Nikolai. He's got the 12, one and one record. Uh, how do you feel like you match up against him in this fight? Um, I felt pretty good. Um, I kind of call them like Thai jitsu fighters, uh, like Muay Thai, they're like Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu, kind of like wrestle boxing. Um, I, I don't know. I feel pretty confident. I feel like we can get the win. I know he's a he's a he's a black belt in jujitsu too. I mean, that's pretty interesting. It's kind of a thing for me because this is my first black belt that I'm going up against. So this is gonna be kind of kind of interesting test. Yeah. No, that's um. So we, we caught you here while you're eating some breakfast. Um, you know how is the the weight cut going? I mean, we got we got lots of time before this fight, but I imagine everything's on point. Um. Yeah, I'm a lot lighter than before. Um, like I said, taking up the drinking is really helping a lot, getting me a lot lighter a lot earlier. So that's really nice. Um, yeah, man. And I'm actually getting to eat more now that I'm not drinking because before I used to kind of like skip meals and stuff so I could drink, you know. But yeah, like, like so now I kind of, like, I get white rice and stuff. So that's pretty cool. Excellent. Now, were you drinking beer or hard liquor or both? Like, because I, I know with beer, it really fills you up, uh, you know, when you're trying to, you know, do that along with training. Yeah, um, I'm like a... I drink like a high schooler, bro. I'll drink mouthwash if that's all that's left in the house. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. This is a must win for Luis Smoka, in my opinion. Nicolau coming off of like a year-plus layoff. So if he loses, I don't think a lot of people will bat an eye. But if Smoka loses, that's four in a row. That can be trouble. Khalil Roundtree is on the show. He looks like he's really found his footing. He has landed a couple of early knockouts, and that comes after his first two losses in the UFC. And he lost in the Ultimate Fighter, too. And he came in as a very highly touted prospect, very young in his career, because it was 2014, 2015, when he was racking up all those wins at, in uh, RFA. And then he, he got put in the Ultimate Fighter last year. And you know, he was still like 25, 26 years old, still finding his way. But after wins over Paul Craig and Daniel Jolly, those are also, uh, that is also a guy I have my eye on in this, this always changing. Uh, landscape at light heavyweight, which I should have an article up soon. I did it a long time ago about some of the prospects at light heavyweight, but haven't released it, waiting for the right time. We have Mark De La Rosa against Tim Elliott, and this is a bantamweight. Uh, Tim Elliott had a fight canceled recently, and the UFC just decided to get him on a card, get him on a card as soon as they could. I respect that. Uh, he was he went to or he was supposed to fight, fight Justin Scoggins on December sixteenth. That didn't end up happening. So they called up Mark De La Rosa, the the husband of uh, of uh, damn the girl who was on Ultimate Fighter recently. Uh, De La Rosa, 
shit, I can't remember her name, drawing a blank here, uh, we spoke to Mark about how having his wife in the UFC was uh, beneficial to him. He knew what he had to go through. Also, how he found out about the news. Congratulations on the UFC contract. How long was this in the works? Because I just saw last week you got your release from Combate Americas. How did this sort of all come together? Uh, I got released from Combate. I tried out for the Ultimate Fighter, the 45ers. Went out there, impressed a lot of guys out there. Uh, I got Sean, got in front of Sean Shelby, got in front of McMahon. I mean, I just I told him, I was like... I go, what do I got to do to get on the big show? I go, if I have to go through these 45ers, I'll do that. I'll go through it. You know, I made all the final cuts out there and stuff. I mean, they still haven't gave the for sure who's on the show yet, but I made, I made, I made, I stayed all week, made most of the cuts, and here I am now. I guess I, I ended up having a talk with them, and I was like, anytime, any place, you need a 35er. Well, you got to give me time for 25, but you anytime, any place, anytime, you need a 35er, I'm your guy. Excellent. And just to clarify for everyone, this fight is at bantamweight at 135 pounds, correct? Yes. Excellent. Okay. Well, that that's good. To, that's good to know. So, how much did it help uh, with Montana having her fight at the beginning of the uh, you know the month and helping her get ready for that? Because you 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 know I'm sure you were prepping for that, and now you know you got this fight. Even though it's a month later, it's still uh, you know you were in the gym leading up to that. Oh, it helped out a lot. Just seeing like the process and stuff. Because right now they're hitting me with USADA and all this paperwork and. Reebok and all this stuff that that she had to go through, so it's still kind of a little overwhelming. Like, oh, it's a lot of paperwork and stuff. But I went through the whole process with her, and we're doing the whole process. I'm at the whole process now, so it's kind of been there, done that now. So it's good. Cool. Uh, now, as far as Tim Elliott as an opponent, you know he's got a very awkward style. We've seen this. How do you feel like you match up against him in this fight? Uh, he's. I mean, again, he's. A, he just. He he won the Ultimate Fighter. He just. Uh, he's a former former uh, title challenger. Again, it's a nice, good, hard, tough fight, and, and that's what I want. I want to be on the big stage. I want to take the big fights. I mean, you could offer me TJ Dillashaw. I would, I'll accept anybody, and I was ready to go. I think I match up really well against him. He's awkward. Again, though, it's kind of like a kind of like a Dominic Cruz, you could say. But I mean, again, I'm ready to showcase my skills. And like I say, I mean, you got to put the guys in front of me, and you put them in front of me, and we'll see how he, we'll see how he fights and how he performs. Of course, her name is Montana. I thought it was, and I was like, was that her name? Was that her name? Of course, she changed it from uh, <laughs> Stewart to De La Rosa in between The Ultimate Fighter and her debut. Her successful debut, by the way. We have a couple of interviews up with her as well. Last but not least, we have Marvin Vittori versus Omari Akhmadov. Akhmadov has won two in a row. He beat Noak and Al-Hassan back-to-back. Vittori has won two of three. Uh, James Lynch spoke with him ahead of this big fight for him. I wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't that happy with the fuck that the UFC didn't give me the chance to speak after, but... Oh, yeah? Oh, uh, in that, that fight. Yeah, why was that? I guess they were just running late on time? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I had no media after, man. I, I was kind of... I should have got you back on here. We should have done uh, something post-fight. We could have you know, talked about what's next and all that. But we'll do, do, next, uh, next time they don't give you the mic, you call me exactly. and you can come back on here. Yeah. So, all right, great. That sounds good. Um, I mentioned that the fight was in June, uh, and here we are in December. Did you want this much time off, or were you trying to get a fight in between there? No, I mean, um, it was – I mean – I would have. I wanted to fight before, but at the same time, it was good because um, I had some um, some little injuries with with me, so it took my time to heal, and uh, now I'm here ready to go for the next one. But I mean, hopefully in the next year, I'll try to fight three times if it's possible. That's my 
my goal. But um, but yeah, I mean two or three. But um, yeah, no, I tried to fight before though. But and in a way, it's always good. I took my time, train, improve, and uh, yeah. Good stuff. Um, you're taking on Amari Akhmedov. He's got the uh, 17 and four record. How do you feel like you match up against him? Well, good. Just um, I think he'll have a bad night because it's like his only thing is wrestling, and it's kind of a scrappy guy and standing. And uh, I don't think it's even close to be enough for me. And um, I just think that um, and he kind of like he, he get pressure very easy, and uh, he kind of gasses by the end of like. Uh, by the end of second, third round. So, I mean, I think, think it's a very good matchup for me. And um, he's giving up some size as, as, as well. And because um, he's coming out for welterweight. So, I mean, yeah, no, I feel good. I've been I've been preparing, like, uh, on um, takedown defense. Obviously, like, um, focusing on my game, making my game even stronger. Uh, I won't change anything than, than normal. If I have a chance, I will take him down too and uh, just uh, keep a heavy top position and tire as much as I can or finish him. I really want to finish this fight by, you know, can be the first, can be the second, but I want to finish this fight and um, I, I really think that I will be able to. So, no, it's good. I'm, uh, I'm very ready and, um, and uh, focused and uh, I'll be... I'll be very prepared for the 30th of December. I gotta make that memory right because last year this same same card didn't go my way, so I gotta make this memory right. Yeah. Remember, guys, we have live coverage of this show Saturday night. Whether you can't watch it or you want to watch along with us, you can chime in in the comments section. We are there to talk to you, to make predictions. Head over to our forums at Fightful.com. They're absolutely free. If you want Joe's take, you can check out last week's edition of the Holy Smokes MMA podcast, where we kind of break down this event and Ryzen, which he will be calling with friend of Fightful, Frank Trigg. Uh, we have a post-show podcast after UFC 219. Uh, with James Lynch, he'll be joining me, and as you've seen plenty of his work right now on the author field on Fightful.com. I listed this as myself and James Lynch since I'm using so much of the content that he gave us. Uh, thank you for you guys who watched this and enjoyed it. It is a, a bit of a project because it required a lot of editing. Uh, this was just a, an event in particular we had so much content on that I thought some of it got lost in the shuffle. But over at YouTube, we're uploading new interviews all the time. At Fightful.com, we have exclusives across MMA, pro wrestling, boxing, nonstop. We are really a source in the pro wrestling, MMA, and boxing world. And I want to thank you guys for supporting us and allowing us to be such a thing. We have a great team. And uh, many of them did some work for us throughout the week to get us ready for Christmas because... Your news kind of slows down during the Christmas week and the Christmas weekend, but not over at Fightful.com. We have a full slate of content for you. Uh, on the wrestling side of things, we have a bunch of Royal Rumble content coming up. Very excited for that. Make sure you guys join us. Leave a thumbs up, subscribe, like. Let people know about Fightful.com. We have everything you could ask for in a wrestling, MMA, or boxing website. From uh, interviews around the world, podcasts, photos, videos, forums. We have tons of original content. We have anything anything that you'll see at another wrestling website, we've got at Fightful.com. Same goes for MMA. Same goes for boxing. We have it all there, and I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. Everything you got, my friend. Festivus. Friendsmas. Anything. Until next time, guys, we are out. 
Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big- 